0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.
1: In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect, perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your last place. Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Christopher Colin Chris, how the hell are you, my friend?
0: oh Samuel I guess as good as we can be we're expecting to lose and yet here we are still losing and I don't know how to feel about it it's just uh at least we're a little competitive this week
1: for half the game yeah uh yeah. We, we lose to the Dallas Cowboys almost to the score that you predicted Chris I think Oof. we ended up losing what 36 to six I think you yeah. said 38 to eight or 38 I did. So, so uh pretty much if this was darts that would still be a bull'seye so kudos to you. Uh, I was wrong. I somehow thought the Dolphins were going to win 13-10, which actually looked like it might be a good, solid prediction in the first half. The Miami Dolphins actually almost, for the first time this season, Chris, took a lead. Uh, They took the opening drive with Josh Rosen starting his first game for the Miami Dolphins and took it all the way down to field goal territory, where Jason Sanders said, absolutely not. I am all in on the tank. I am shanking this kick to the right. We will not have a lead. We will not entertain us winning a game. How dare you guys try anything on offense? Uh, We quickly go down but we stayed in it there that first half Chris I think it was what 10-6 13-6 at the the half there and we had an opportunity actually I think it was 10-6 we had an opportunity Uh, to go up Uh, but Kenyon Drake right at the end of the first half fumbles the ball away also Mm -hmm. full blown on the tank he's like you know what I I believe in Brian Flores I believe in the tank job that is hashtag tank for Tua here you go Dallas Cowboys here's the ball I give up so uh, different story second half of the game Uh, not much to talk about Josh Rosen and company didn't really do much on offense the defense does what it's been doing all second half all season long and at the end of it the Dolphins 0-3 and uh, solidly solidly positioning themselves for the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft.
0: Oh yeah it, we 76% chance to the first overall pick Joe Shad tweeted today um, It's funny Sam, I, I watched the game with my whole family as everybody knows, it's well known uh, spoken about the man cave here yes. uh, in the uh, outer banks of the charter, Charlotte, North Carolina uh, reason, I almost said sharded, hey, which makes sharded. sense yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that makes sense too sh- you know, watching the sharded Miami Dolphins, but it's funny uh, Sunday we were watching the game and I'm watching with my poor younger brother. He is six years my junior. He is younger than me. And uh, at this point, we've talked about how numb we are to the season and, and everything. And it's funny. I'm watching the game with him, and he's just like – he's really amped up. Like he's like, what the fuck? You got to fucking catch that, Preston Williams. Like He's like really pissed off. And um, I'm just like, dude. Chill. We're not like we're not winning this game, and he's like, "Oh, we can fucking win. Like it's close. It's you know, 6 or whatever. And we're on the road, and we're playing against a team that's like undefeated, dude. We, we, I mean, here here's our first turnaround. Rosen's gonna be the guy, and I'm like, you need to chill the fuck out. That's, like, you, you, yeah. come on." Right, like, come on. And, and it's just, I, he's young. It's youth. I remember being there and being the same way. So I can't hate on the guy. It's funny, though. I'm just sitting there. I look at my wife. I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, he has no idea. That's why we have extra beer. Like, I, I know <laughs> this game is going to be terrible. And we'll watch the 4 p.m. games. That's what the NFL tickets for. And uh, we'll check our fantasy stats. And we'll be 0-3. And we'll lose again in disgusting fashion. And we've signed up for this. This is the tank for two a train. Kenyon Drake actually changed his name recently. I don't know if you saw this breaking news, but his name is now Kenyon Tank. Like, that is his name.
1: Well, it uh, it should be because, uh, as I said, he fumbles away his best opportunity to get a touchdown and a score. Right now, Chris, the Miami Dolphins have one touchdown on the season, and it was Preston Williams in Week 1. Uh, he did have an opportunity to get a touchdown in this game. Uh, the ball comes bobbling out. A lot of people expected that. or I was watching that as a sports bar, Chris. A lot of people were telling me, no, that's a touchdown. I'm like, no, it's not. He was getting knocked down. He's got to control the ball. It's the Megatron rule. Got to control it all the way through hitting the ground. He did not do that. Uh, and, of course, then we shanked the, the field goal there but you know it it uh what do you think what do you make of Preston Williams early three games in the first couple games of preseason he looked like the the next big thing the next couple games he really didn't do much including not even playing in the fourth game um somewhat of a mixed bag in preseason and I think somewhat of a mixed bag early on um I, I like that he's out there with the ones running around but uh man he does leave a lot of uh,
0: catchable balls on the ground does he not he does, but I will say this, and I'm glad you asked me this question because right as you're asking it, I I thought of this answer, and I think I think it's a good one. This player in particular, Preston Williams, he is a guy where he is in the perfect opportunity to be with a tanking team that is losing and expecting to lose majority of their games because they are able to give him the opportunity to make those mistakes. Yeah. And it's not causing problems with the team. Like if we were aiming for a wild card or aiming for a playoff, he might be benched. He might not have more opportunities. The the quarterbacks might not go to him. He's able to get these wrinkles out and in and, and, and he's making spectacular plays at the same time. So he's like that wishy-washy, very inconsistent, love him and hate him one play or the other depends on the day but these quarterbacks are going to still keep, keep feeding him. He's going to get these bugs out, these cobwebs out, the things that um possibly caused him to be undrafted other than the off-field stuff and it's going to make him a better player cuz he's going to get more opportunities than he would if he was on a team like the Eagles or like the Packers right. where like if he has these couple of mistakes Rodgers ain't going to him, and he's on the bench, and he'll get in one, two, three plays. He's going to continue to be our—he's our, clearly our, our wide receiver one, one A, one B with Parker, um, with Wilson being out, and Grant really having a terrible season so far um, individually, um, as opposed as the team as well. But at least Preston and Devontae are making plays. But um, I don't think it's. Something where we can call it this guy's done or like we can't count on him in the future. I think he's in a perfect situation where most players don't have the benefit that he has where you can get these cobwebs out and still end up being in the long run a really good receiver for us. This season is one of those things where it's the exception, not the rule for him. And a type of player like him, there's probably been players that have fizzled out of the league because they didn't have these opportunities to get playing time and real meaningful snaps, but he's getting them, and yes, it's painful and it sucks sometimes, these drops, but man, the things he makes up for with the great catches, I think the long run and the juice will be worth the squeeze.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it that way. This really is kind of like just basically like a season-long training camp for him, so, you know, if he does make mistakes, it's not going to cost this team because we're not in the playoff hunt. We're not going after the Super Bowl this year, so you could make mistakes and be okay, but... I do want to see progression. I you know, that pass that he dropped in the end zone against the Cowboys, uh, he certainly can't do that later in the season when we're playing, you know, I don't know, the Redskins or whoever it is we're gonna be playing later this season, the Bengals, for example. Hey, he's gotta get better about securing the bag uh, on on routine plays because if you don't see that progression from week three all the way to the end of the season, then I do think there is a little bit of cause for, for concern of can you hang you know, can this guy be uh, somebody that you can hang your hat on going into the second season, you know, that sophomore season, or is this just gonna be what he is. Is he always going to be a guy that'll make a spectacular catch and then turn around and drop one that's hitting him right in the hands? So I do want to see him clean that up. I think that's what I'm looking for from Preston Williams from here forward from week four forward is, hey, you know what? Secure those those balls that are catchable balls, balls that you and I should probably be catching. Uh, yes. Certainly he should be catching, but you're right. I think right now it's okay. I'm not upset about it. I just kind of noticed that when I was watching. I'm like, eh, you know what? There's times he's not very good, um, but you're right. It's mm-hmm. basically just like one big training camp. It's, it's 16
0: games of training camp for Preston Williams, (laughs) Uh, so I guess that's okay well we have I have kids on my football team the sixth grade football team I coach I'm a defensive coordinator and they'll they'll turn around look at me in a scrimmage during practice on the Tuesday or Wednesday and they're like sorry coach I went inside and I should have been outside I had it outside and contained you told me that sorry about that and I'm like no no, it's fine we give up the 40 yard play at practice on the Tuesday so we learn from it and we don't do it on Saturday like, that, that's what this is for that's what the season is like for, for Preston Williams it's yeah. like sorry coach I should have caught that ball that's fine do it when two is here right. make sure you catch it like <laughs> drop it with Rosen we're fine just clean that shit up for next season and beyond because we're going to need you pal
1: well I think it's safe to say Chris based on this conversation what we've seen on tape from Preston Williams that he is the most okayest wide receiver that the (laughs) Miami Dolphins have right oh absolutely and it fits in perfectly for our team It, uh, it fits in perfectly for the team, it fits in perfectly with this podcast, it fits in perfectly with all the citizens of Perfectville, which once again, I say this just about every single week, well at least the weeks that we have a show, uh, that... The citizens are what make this what it is. Yes, Chris and I are the founders of this little town, this little podcast town, and we are the co mayors, if you will, but the, the citizens are what really make this tremendous. And as always, the citizens of Perfectville filled out the, the, the forms that we asked them to and uh, came with a couple more citizen requests. Uh, this one comes from Ricky Poo 2112, Chris. Ricky Poo mm. 2112. And he says, I love the fact that these guys are obvious fans. They share the same warped values and comedic insanity as most lifelong sufferers. Five stars. It's the mostest, okayest podcast. The most <laughs> okayest podcast. I think that might – he might – Ricky Pooh may have made the okayest line even better because we are. He's right. The mostest, okayest podcast that's out there.
0: I love it. This is where – Everything goes meta, right? Where yep. we, we're, we're the okayest, and all this stuff becomes a uh, thing. Uh, reminds me of Forrest Gump when he's running, and the guys like, "You just stepped in shit," and he's like, "It happens." And he's like, "What does shit?" And he's like, "Sometimes." And then he creates the bumper sticker, "Shit happens." Like we just the, the reviews come in, we talk about it. Okayest becomes the fantasy league. Like I feel like okayest. It, Uh, podcast is going to be our calling card
1: it's probably going to be the next t-shirt that we design which you can actually find (laughs) on bigheadsmedia.com you can actually find t-shirts and hoodies with our lovely Aronde Bagston logo on there right now that's just getting started we're going to have all kinds of stuff in that store before too long Uh, and maybe an OKS t-shirt because uh, I'd rock that I know Chris would as well oh absolutely Um, speaking of OKS citizens one of the most OKS citizens that's out there is the guy that communicates with us via this medium that we call apple podcast chris you know who i'm talking about correct oh yeah oh i know it uh bubba blank dudley uh, no this would be dolphin ray um well bu-
0: uh, yeah bubba ray dudley is what oh it ray
1: ray got yeah, it for the wrestling fans out ray. there bubba bubba ray dudley is, a, is a, <laughs> a wrestler and i screwed that up my my apologies chris a thousand
0: times my balls
1: Well, what's very interesting about that tagline there is that Dolphin Ray chimes in and says, Rosen throws nice balls.
0: That's perfect. I didn't even know
1: that was a review. No, and then he signed it, love, Dolphin Gay. Whoa. we're We're not sure if Ray just came out of the old closet and told us that he loves Josh Rosen or if he's just doing a play on his name there of Dolphin Ray with Dolphin Gay. Um, Ran out of rays, and
0: now he's just moving on to gay, hey, day, lay, say, all those things. But look, we're an equal opportunity podcast, so that's fine with me. We
1: don't care. If he is gay, who cares? If he isn't gay, who cares? And really, if you think about it, dolphins are just gay sharks anyway, so it makes sense. (laughs) Regardless. (laughs) There's
0: another t-shirt.
1: Dolphins we are just gay sharks. We're just gay sharks. That's all. (laughs) We're all just gay sharks here at Perfectville, the town of, the city of, the podcast of welcome to perfect well well those are our reviews this way chris uh, as always the citizens make the show the show makes the citizens and uh it's a big beautiful gay shark wedding i'm midnight agent raw and i'm okami we are the super media bros podcast each week we give a comedically informative take on movies music television video games and much more put your shades on and listen to all episodes on supermediabrospodcast.com Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, shades on, we're off. So, uh, moving on, so speaking of, let's see, we talked about the Citizens, we've talked about Preston Williams, we talked about what happened in Dallas, uh, a, a decent first half, an uh, okayist first half, if you will, and a very, very bad second half, which is the trend. I think the Miami Dolphins are, are, are outscored like <laughs> 75 to nothing in the second half of ball games so far this year, Chris, uh, and that's pretty miserable, but uh, we're not the only ones suffering from misery this season, as you know, and I know, and the Citizens know, uh, there's all kinds of people players teams franchises and just people in general that are suffering out there and we love that we love that they're suffering we have the chair of despair and there's plenty of room for everyone to join us because this is once again misery loves company
0: misery loves
1: company and chris i'm going to go ahead and go first and i'm going to talk about something that's related to the nfl but i'm not going to talk about an nfl team or an nfl player uh one of the people that's out there that's got to be one of just the most miserable people has got to be yourself chris Cullen. Uh, Because if you look in the okayest fantasy football league of all time, uh, you are mirroring the Miami Dolphins with your 0-3 start. Who would have thought, Chris, that your strategy of auto-selecting AFC East players and Ben Roethlisberger in 20-fucking-19 would be a bad one for fantasy football?
0: I have nothing to say to this. There's no defense. Um, it's yes, been pretty I, bad. I don't, I don't even think you drafted a defense. That's part of the problem is you're just <laughs> you're you're, st- you're stuck
1: with the Miami Dolphins defense and special teams at this point. I, mean, I will 0-3. say
0: I will say I'm projected to win 117.7 to 117. So what
1: could go wrong? Here's the deal. I am two and one and I am number two in the overall power rankings from Raceling here this week. And I have three Miami Dolphins on my team. That's how bad your team is. I have three Miami Dolphins, current Miami Dolphins, in the 2019 season where they've been outscored 115 to negative four. And somehow I am two and one, and you are 0 oh and three. I don't even understand how that's even mathematically possible, Chris. Uh, you are
0: right on the couch here with us. Misery loves company, man. That's fine. Look, I'll take it right on the chin like a porn star because I, I will not th- let this dictate how I am as a fantasy football player because I did not draft this team. I clearly auto-drafted this team. I actually came home for my son's football game in the 18th round, I think it was, when yes. you said how um, uh, I had this whole AFC East team, so I was completely unaware at the time. Sorry, I love the fantasy team, I love what Racing does with the power rankings, but um, that came second fiddle to my son's football team that I coach, and I missed the draft. So yeah, okay, I'll take it, the lumps on the chin, and uh, I am projected to win this week. So uh, now it's to the point where it, you're going to be the complete shit show joke of the league if you lose to... Uh, easy Drake Oven because now now I've just made that my challenge. I'm gonna lose so much until I can finally just pick somebody in a bad week where there's bye weeks everywhere, where you're the first team to lose to me and you're just a laughing stock of the league.
1: It's gonna be me, isn't it? I already know how it this might plays be. out. It's <laughs> gonna end up being me. That's just how our luck is. But you're right. Everyone in the league now isn't playing for a championship. They're playing to not lose to the Miami <laughs> Dolphins of fantasy football. That being the Easy Drake Ovens, yeah. uh, Mr. Christopher Colon there. Uh, so that's number one, Chris. Who else is joining you on the Chair of Despair here this week? Oh, okay. company.
0: Well, I'm going to take away the personal uh, things out of this and go back to the NFL. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm going to cry after this. I need some tissues. But I'm going to go to a team here uh, in the good old country music state of Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm going to talk about the Tennessee Titans. After week one, after they just housed the fucking Cleveland Browns and they are coming off this offseason where they're the paper champions up there in, uh, near Akron where no one wants to live and they're excited and we all thought Tennessee was just going to be this roundhouse kick to the face of a football team for the AFC South and the NFL. Meanwhile, they've gone on the rattle off two horrible losses, including one to fucking Gardner, Gerbert, whatever the hell his name is, Minshew II, uh, the mechanic from Lowell, North Carolina, um, he is wearing. A, I'm looking at a picture of him wearing literally an Uncle Rico American flag headband with a mustache. They came out on national TV last week and fucking lost. Gave the Jacksonville Jaguars their first win, a divisional loss. The Tennessee Titans lost twenty to seven to the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars with Gardner. Goddamn, Minshew the second. (laughs) Like name sounds like I'm sneezing every time I say his name. And they lost badly to the point where there is Titan fans and Titan beat reporters and Titan podcasters and Titan bloggers writing about how it's time for the Titans to trade Marcus Mariota and let Ryan Tannehill take the reins. Sam, misery loves company, and Jesus Christ, if you cannot can just conjoin the two, the Dolphins and the Titans with fucking Ryan Tannehill this is just perfect misery loves company
1: uh, It uh, they, I mean they might have a permanent seat on the couch this week or, or this year because uh, it, that saga is something that from afar I'm watching and just enjoying not because I'm a Ryan Fanhill or a Tana hater but just because I know what we went through he's got to be the, one of the most polarizing quarterbacks out there, out there because he's just smack dab in the middle uh, the Andy Dalton line as we used to say for Ryan yes. Tannehill and here it is once again he's, ju- he's good enough He's good enough to not be a backup quarterback, but he's not good enough to be a starting quarterback. He is in Purgatory, and uh, that's where he is, and apparently Purgatory is located in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So uh, that's a good one there, Chris. And then uh, I'm going to go ahead and end Misery Loves Company with a a personal one that's actually near and dear to the hearts of Miami Dolphins fans everywhere. Uh, This goes out to an individual player, a guy who was on our team as of a week and a half ago who decided that he didn't want to be on our team anymore. He wanted to go to a contender because he's sick of losing. So, of course, he gets (laughs) traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> where they promptly lose to the San Francisco 49ers, who haven't been good since Joe Montana was actually in his 20s. Uh, and, of course, I'm talking about Minka Fitzpatrick, who did get an interception against Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll give him that. But what he really got was a bruised ego and a bruised face when their fullback, whose name is nothing but J's, C's, Z's, and Y's, and K's, I can't even say it, it's just for the, the fucking 49ers, <laughs> just just sounds like when you spin a top. He he stiff-armed him so bad, Chris. The only stiff-arm I've ever experienced worse than that is when you stiff-armed me back in Miami when we played our pickup football game, and I thought I broke my legs because you hit my face (laughs) so hard. That, I mean, he he did it. He he stiff-armed him and then threw him like a hip-toss, rock-bottom suplex off of him. Just threw him around like a goddamn child. And it happened in front of everyone, and it went viral. So, Mika Fitzpatrick, congratulations. You got your wish. You got out of South Beach. You got away from the loser Miami Dolphins to go to the also 0-3 (laughs) pitch. steelers where not only did you lose your debut with this team but you also lost all credibility as a safety as a cornerback as a ferocious hitter because you let a fullback who's got nothing but consonants in his last name abuse you like a redheaded stepchild uh sit down on the couch, Mika, next to Marcus Mariota, the Tennessee Titans, and of course Chris Collins' fantasy football
0: team, because misery <laughs> loves company. Every time I see that uh, gif from the video of him getting tossed around like a fucking bag of potatoes, I just pause it while he's in midair, and I picture Ralph Wiggum, and he's like, <laughs> I'm in danger! Yeah. Like, he's just getting slammed on his neck. It's hilarious. Fucking Arn Anderson is all of a sudden the fullback for the 49ers, just giving the craziest spine buster you've <laughs> ever seen to Mika Fitzpatrick. is. Like, welcome, uh, welcome to um, the Steelers, buddy. You just got fucking dropped in your neck. Yeah,
1: you've become an official internet meme for football here in 2019. So congratulations, Mika. I hope all is
0: well in. Pittsburgh. I'm glad you wanted this bigger market because now you're going to get the spotlight on you for the shithousing. Because if you're on the Dolphins, no one even sees it, so they can't make it a meme. And I'll, that's exactly
1: right. At least when you were failing in Miami, there was nobody no to see it. There, I mean, literally nobody's watching the game even in the local market. If you <laughs> if you look at all the local news reports, so at least you were insulated there. That's the other thing I got to say, Chris. Mika Fitzpatrick, what is he number 36 or 37 now? Uh, it's an ugly number. It does not fit him well. It looks like Michael Jordan wearing 45 for the Bulls. Uh, He's got to change that number, and he doesn't look good in yellow either. So I I don't know if this is going to be a right fit for Mika long term there in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, I mean, 29 for him anyway wasn't good for me because of Sam Madison. I hated him in that number uh, the entire time. But uh, he was making his own until he you know cried and wanted to leave to a team that's literally got the same amount of (laughs) losses as us without a first-round pick next year because of him. So that'll be fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, Miami Miami Dolphins defensive backfield uh, people and former players with Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you brought this up, and it's something I want to explore here on the show. And of course, yeah. if you're listening to Welcome to Two Perfect Field. You can find us as part of Big Heads Media uh, Podcast Network, as well as the Dolphins Talk Podcast Network. Uh, Rashad Jones came out here this week, Chris, and said, "You know what? I'm back. I'm I'm ready to play. I'm willing to play. I could. I don't want to leave. I want to stay here in Miami." Um, what do you thought? What are your initial thoughts on Rashad Jones? Speaking up after an 0-3 start and saying, you know what, damn it, I want to be here in Miami and be a part of this.
0: Well, if you're a Miami fan at all of Miami sports, the first thing I thought of was Udonis Haslam. Like I, I thought he was just like he's a lifer. He was drafted here and, and he just uh, wants to wants to stay here. Uh, but then I started thinking about how he like took himself out of the game last year uh, and started thinking about uh, wanting to be traded and possibly go to a contender. Um, I don't know what's up with Rashad Jones. It was interesting that he came out all of a sudden and was very pro staying with Miami. I don't know if he's buying into the future, if he knows that in a year or two this is all going to pay off. T.J. McDonald's gone, Mink is gone, and his competition's kind of out the window, and here he comes back again. He can play against the Chargers, which he normally has success against. True. Um, Philip Rivers, so maybe he's just feeling confident in Cloud9. I don't know, but he did come out out of the woodwork, out of nowhere. We haven't heard from him for a while and all of a sudden he's like, hey, I'm healthy and holy shit, I love being a Miami Dolphin and you're like, wait, what?
1: Yeah, it 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 made no sense to have him come out right now given everything that we know about uh, uh, Rashad Jones especially recently now here's the thing this is a curious thing and I have a theory so follow me on mm. this because you started to touch on this and I think you're onto something and it's something that I've been thinking about Rashad Jones for the overwhelming majority of his career with the Miami Dolphins I think has been looked at as not only an overachiever but a leader on the defense is that fair to say
0: Oh, very fair.
1: I mean, he, he he was the leader of the defensive backfield. He makes plays, not only intercepting the ball, but stuffing the run, um, uh, safety blitzes, pressuring the quarterback, and then being that locker room vocal leader for the Miami Dolphins. In many ways, he was kind of the the the, the face outside of Cameron Wake and Dominick Sue, et cetera, et cetera. Now, last year, all of a sudden, he starts pouting, takes himself out of a game, and everyone thinks he's got an issue with either Adam Gase or, more specifically, Matt Burke. Well, those guys are gone and we still have an issue with Rashad Jones and the Miami Dolphins front office and coaching staff all of a sudden. So we just assume that he doesn't like Brian Flores or that Brian Flores is gonna cut him or move on from him because he's a little bit older and they're gonna have this youth movement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we all just assume that Rashad Jones is gonna be cut and or traded by this time. Is that fair to say, Chris? Very fair. Okay, so all of a sudden, after week three, he comes out and says, you know what, I feel good, I want to be here, I could have gone somewhere else, but I'm not going to, I'm here, uh, this is my home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think he had an issue with the coaches. I mean, maybe he did. I think he had an issue with somebody that we were just talking about and you just mentioned when you were talking about Rashad Jones. Mm. I think my theory, based in nothing other than rumor and innuendo, is that Rashad Jones did not like Mika Fitzpatrick. I don't know if he viewed him as a threat or if he viewed him as a, a baby that we've come to know Mika Fitzpatrick to be, if he didn't like his attitude, if he didn't like his work ethic, if he just didn't like Mika Fitzpatrick for whatever reason. But I'm starting to think that all of a sudden Mika Fitzpatrick shows up on the scene. He's getting a lot of run and a lot of publicity early from the fan base last year. Rashad Jones says, fuck this. I don't even want to play next to this guy. I'm taking myself out of the game. I'm hurt. I'm injured. I don't want to be here. We'll see what the future holds. Mika Fitzpatrick beats him to the punch, requests a trade, is gone, and all of a sudden Rashad Jones is back, happy, in the saddle, saying, you know what, let's go. Let's do it. Let's make this happen. The timelines add up here, Chris, and I might be grasping at straws, but the timeline adds up where, for when Mika Fitzpatrick burst on the Miami scene, Rashad Jones all of a sudden had all these issues with the team and just as a player. Mika Fitzpatrick is gone. Rashad Jones is all of a sudden happy and ready to go.
0: I don't know how much weight goes into – being a former college player and where you played, uh, alum, you know, where, where you played in school because Rashad Jones is a Georgia guy. Mm. He probably hates the University of Alabama. Yep. And Mika Fitzpatrick point. came from the University of Alabama. And this is completely spitballing. I mean, we have no fucking idea, obviously, until we bring – if we ever brought him on the show and asked him point blank, did you like this kid, Minka Fitzpatrick? Um, I mean, honestly, I could see them pairing together. I I, I was surprised, honestly, last year when we kind of tried to make the whole thing work with McDonald, Jones, Mm -hmm. and Minka. I thought it was supposed to be like the Minka uh, free safety and Jones strong safety in the box type of deal. Like you said, he helps against run in the past. um, Maybe – Rashad wanted to play center field still. He felt like he could do it and make plays happen. He, he does and did uh, up until last year. We haven't seen him this year yet, but he, he did against Matt Ryan and, and sealed the deal against the Falcons. I mean, he he does his thing still, Rashad Jones. So maybe he did feel like this kid from Alabama that had everything handed to him with the national championship team that's just like all this talent around him. He came in and he was uh, felt threatened about his job. Who knows? Um, especially with the shoulder injury here and there. And maybe he didn't like Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. It probably rubbed him the wrong way, and then Brian Flores comes in, and like this is a guy that he probably respects. He, he's a guy, he comes from an SEC school that uh, is well known for their football. And he expects to be good every year at Georgia, whether they're national championship contenders or at least competing for the sec championship. And you're playing for a big bowl game. I mean, like you're at least expecting that you're never going three and seven or anything like that. Like he's expecting greatness. And he's been on this Miami dolphins roster since back when Jeremiah bell was here. I mean, in 2011 and he's playing with these guys for year after year Rashawn Smith and Tony Soprano, you know, all these guys, Soprano, I call him Soprano. Um, He's finally here and he's like, maybe Flores is changing the tone here. And then they get ma- rid of Minka. Uh, and there goes this competition. He's still going to get paid. He gets to stay in the team he's been. He likes Miami. No state taxes. Hey, I love Miami. I yeah. can't wait to stay here. Like, I think your point makes sense.
1: Yeah, I you know, and I don't even know if he was threatened by Minka as a competitor as much as he might have not liked the fact that he a went to Alabama that he's somewhat of a kid of privilege who isn't used to losing. And as soon as he did start losing, he was like, "Hey, get me out of here!" I think that probably he's pissed like, me "I've Sean. been
0: losing my whole career." Are you yeah. fucking kidding me?
1: Yeah, just get used to it. You know, get numb to it. The other part well, too is- you
0: know, and I, and I I'm sorry to cut you off because I know you have a second part here, but you know what, Sam, I saw a fucking video and I don't even know who the player with was. I think it might be Delaney Walker, the tight end for the Titans, or some kind of wily veteran. Uh, was, was was doing an interview in the, in the locker room and he mentioned how when he first got in the league, it was like 2004, 5, 6, 7, something like that, in the early 2000s, he said, if you started 0-3, the locker room would have veterans walking around calling guys out, yelling and screaming, having players-only meetings, no coaches, and they'd be fixing this shit. They'd be mad, they'd be angry, they'd be calling him out. He said, nowadays, that can't happen. That Mm. won't happen because guys will get mad. Guys will whine to the ownership. Guys will demand trades. They're in a different world in this league. And as soon as you said that, Sam, I just flash forwarded back to that video I saw earlier today. Rashad Jones is probably sitting here and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? I have had labrum surgery on my shoulder. Multiple times. I have missed games. I have played my ass off for a fucking 5-11 and football team multiple years, and I've done it with pride. And you're going to come here as a second-year player that's got this fucking – Like you said, you got a national championship ring, maybe multiple, and you're coming here, and they're trying to put the building blocks in place to put this team together, and you demand a trade because you're, quote-unquote, playing out of position. And then the first fucking interview he does in Pittsburgh, he says – the The thing that the Steeler fans are gonna love about me is that I'm versatile. I yeah. can play anywhere. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? He just wanted to get out of here, and your team's now zero and three without a first round pick, and we have three of them, buddy. So you're actually on the wrong side of the tracks with an older quarterback's about to retire, and Mason Rudolph has shown nothing so far, and Rashad Jones is sitting back like, are you fucking kidding me? This the stuff I've been through. And you're going to demand a trade? I can see where he's salty as hell about that, Sam. You're absolutely right. And I'm glad you said that because that's the first thing I even thought of after you said that was, holy shit, Sam's right. Rashad's like, how fucking dare you? With the, th- the things I've been through, the things my body's been through mentally, physically, going through training camps and just rehabs and things like that just to go 6-10. and 10, And you're mad about one season? Like, are you fucking kidding me?
1: Yeah, and you know, Rashad's a fifth-round draft pick. Mika Fitzpatrick was 11th overall in the first round. I mean, again, it's just, it just kind of fits that narrative yeah. of, hey, this kid's getting everything he could possibly ever want. And you know, yes, he is talented, but he's not working for it. He's not coming up as, a, as an underdog uh, from the Bulldogs in the fifth round and, and making himself a starter for, uh, you know, 10 years plus in this league. He hasn't had the injuries. He hasn't had losing season after losing season just to see a winning season happen and then go back to losing this season after that. I mean, he just, I don't know. We could be wrong maybe these two are playing golf on their days off together still or something (laughs) but uh, I just it seems to me that when Mika got here Rashad was ready to leave and when Mika left Rashad is ready to be here again and it seems to me like that narrative that timeline everything kind of lines up a little too perfectly for it not to have something, have some sort of merit. But, again, that's just me and you talking about you know, uh, last year going forward into this year. And what we should be talking about is going into week four against the Los Angeles Chargers, Chris, the Miami Dolphins 0-3 against the Los Angeles Chargers at home, back at home, a little home cooking. That was the problem last week against the Cowboys, Chris, is we're not a, we're not a road team. We need to be home. And those first couple of games, those were just warm-ups. We didn't stretch right. It was a little too hot. (laughs) Here we go. We're ready to go. Uh, The season starts now. It's kind of like when you go bowling in those first couple frames. You know, you're just trying to figure out the oil on the lane. You're trying to figure out the spin on the ball. We figured that out, and here we go, the Los Angeles Chargers going from the West Coast to the East Coast to play the Miami Dolphins, Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen, who was leading the league in, yardage, in reception yardage. Uh, they just got Melvin Gordon back. He will not be playing in this game. However, they've got to be jazzed for getting him back at the locker room, which, by the way, he took a look at what Austin Eckelar was doing for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, uh, yeah hold out over. I'll be back tomorrow. Um, so that's that's how you get a guy back into camp in these days is just have his backup ball out, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, never mind. I'll be there. Just kidding. Uh, what are your thoughts that- on about- it-
0: isn't that more proof, though, that like running backs a diamond dozen? Uh, that's it, exactly
1: it, it, what he was losing leverage with every yard that Austin Eckler was gaining, and that's exactly yep. what happened. Is his agent went, "You better get your fucking cleats on and yeah, over and get
0: over to the Chargers." Facility. Like, why should we give you a hundred million when Oscar Egler for fucking ten thousand dollars is having one hundred fifty yards a game? Like, like, why do we need you? Exactly. And by the way, uh, he's going to do it again against this Miami
1: Dolphins defense, which again <laughs> yes, hasn't really done much. Uh, but here you go, the Los Angeles Chargers. West Coast team flying to the East Coast traditionally not well. Traditionally, the Miami Dolphins recently have beaten the Chargers everywhere, whether it be Los Angeles, Miami, Arizona. One time due to fires, um, this team yes. does not perform well against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, what are your thoughts about this team from the AFC West going up against our team in the AFC
0: East? All right, Sam. So we're zero and three. Each of the three weeks, I've been very pessimistic that we're going to lose big. Yes, we're week four. Here we are. The tides are changing, my friend. Ooh. I am feeling pretty good about this game. A West Coast team coming to Miami, the East Coast, the southernmost Eastern team you could play in the National Football League. Phillip Rivers has been... Okay, this season, and they're still one and two. He's got to be frustrated with his 56 kids, and it's just bothering him. Maybe his wife will call him on the flight there to Miami and just complaining that one kid's got like, you know, a foot, nose, and mouth syndrome or something, and like the other one's got an earache, and the other one's just, like bullying in school, and he's just like, I can't deal with it anymore. There's 35 of these kids, and he's going to be flustered, and he's going to come to Miami, and they're, they're going to win, but they're still going to win. Uh, but uh, but they're only going to win by less than twenty points. That's ah. what I'm going to say. We are going to lose, of course. Um, but we are going to lose by less than twenty points it, with Rashad Jones back. Um, I think Taco that, Taco Charlton uh, Taco Charlton's there. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I, <laughs> he is there He's physically there. He is physically on our team, but uh, I'm not kidding. I, I really think Rashad Jones is going to make a gigantic difference. Um, uh, there's literally, if you if you put a gun to my head right now, Sam and ask me to name three defensive backs besides Xavier Howard and Rashad Jones, I, I think I'd be dead. I, I can't name the other three guys. Like Tankersley's not there anymore, and I don't know who the guys make plays. And I'm like who the fuck Dude, is that like i'm not
1: i'm not it's like going to a daycare and trying to find your kid in in, in the midst of 30 yeah, other kids are like well, a lot of those is mine like, there's I'm a guy like, named lamins who I, I mean, lamins who fuck,
0: yeah. like wilts or wilts wilkies no nope. number 30 yeah i have no idea like it's just <laughs> and we're i mean we're big fans big fans of the steam we host a podcast guys if you haven't noticed we host. Pod- i have no idea these guys i'm like nice play Thirty-one, like I don't. Who the fuck is that? Is that Michael yeah. Thomas? Like who is that? that? I don't know. He's been that, on
1: Giants for three years. I don't know. Is that Mika Fitzpatrick's
0: brother? Who is that? <laughs> I don't,
1: but uh, so you got the Miami Dolphins losing, but losing by less than twenty, which means yeah. that the, the Los Angeles Chargers still could cover because I think they're favored. They're minus fifteen <laughs> against the Miami Dolphins on the road, meaning the Miami Dolphins West being Coast, at home. Yeah, West Coast, East Coast, hasn't beat the Miami Dolphins since uh, I think Stan Humphreys was their quarterback back in 1992, <laughs> yet uh, still plus 15 if you're the Miami Dolphins. Uh, look, I- I've been wrong three episodes in a row, three games in a row, and I oh. feel like the odds are against me being wrong four in a row. So I think this is going to be a low scoring affair. I think you're right. I think Rashad Jones shuts down or helps shut down Keenan Allen. Um, um, Hunter Henry's out again. Melvin Gordon isn't there. We just got our you know our one defensive tackle to focus on on Austin Eckler and Philip Rivers is a statue. I mean, if you stood him next to the Dan Marino statue, you would be like, which one is which? Because that's how immobile this guy is. He, I mean, he's tired. He's he, you know he's he's fathered seventy eight kids, so he's he's tired in the legs. <laughs> I was about to say Phillip's balls just hang a lot lower. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and quite frankly, Taco Charlton's going to get a second sack because Phillip's going to actually step on his own balls and fall over, and Taco's <laughs> just going to touch him as he walks by. So uh, Taco's going to have two. Charles Harris is still going to have none, which is also infuriating. Um, I, I think we win this low-scoring game. I think it's going to be hot and sweltering out there. Uh, we're going to put them in their dark blues. We're going to be in our shiny whites, and I think we're going to win this game. I've got a feeling here. We're going to win this game 13 to 10. <laughs> I just got a feeling. Uh,
0: I can't wait. I can't wait till week seventeen, and just somehow make up a reason why we're gonna win our first game of the year. <laughs> It'll be. Oh, it's gonna happen. Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Radio tease. Although week I, 17, you'd be here for per- perfect, Bill.
1: I also think that if you look at the history of this podcast, by the time Week 17 happens, you and I are nowhere to be found. Like We're just not even podcasting anymore. We're just so burnt out by this team. So we'll <laughs> see. Maybe we'll record it tonight and we'll just release it for Week 17. Um, but, yeah, I think I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. All kidding aside, the Chargers are going to win. I, it would be nice to see us not um, – not have them cover so uh, i mean we were competitive against dallas like let's be honest like that was the hardest we've ever played chris I mean, yeah you see, they everybody little shits
0: hard all over the dolphins and of course we're the easy meme to joke about my all my friends are fans of the panthers oh god god well it's not even i don't you know, want to talk about the panthers yeah, they, the, i mean look no, we'll talk about they're, them they're texting week. me the memes about like oh i got the ride against the dolphins team bus and it was a truck with porta potties on the back i got it like five fucking different friends sent me the same meme i got it like okay. you've been on Reddit. That's fun. more on that next week. I, I've got myself a little rant that I need to talk about
1: for non-Dolphins fans communicating with Dolphins fans because yeah, uh, it, it's it, getting to the point it. of we it, need to. Yes, exactly.
0: And my dad's got the best answer. uh, uh Leon, uh, my dad, he is just like, why are you making fun of us? Like, we want to lose. Like, you, you understand like we're trying to lose. Like, how is this a joke? Like, yeah, I, I of of the Jets. The Jets are trying yeah, to win and they have scored yeah. less than the Miami Dolphins quite literally. literally so like why are you making fun of us like we know we're losing we get it like it's like i I don't understand that's like me wearing a fucking stupid t-shirt to be funny and people are like a nice fucking stupid t-shirt i'm like yeah yeah, i fucking wore it on purpose like are you serious like of of course we're sucking like we are sucking on purpose we traded laramie tunzel for multiple draft picks we know we're bad like that's not funny like we got it so yeah it's, it's just frustrating um Because of that, because of the memes and stuff, because we know we're bad and we're trying to be bad. We're trying, capital word, trying to be bad. So we're expecting this. So, yeah, it's just uh, let's go out there and have some fun. We are competitive against the Cowboys. Rosen looked okay. He had a lot of drops that didn't help his QBR, didn't help his uh, completion percentage, didn't help his TDs. That's not his fault. He put on some good tape. And either we're, you know, he's he's a guy for us. He's gonna keep playing, and, and he's got the opportunities. Or he's gonna be trade bait again on draft day, and we'll get a third or a second round pick for the guy. But uh, he's playing well, so we're just gonna see him go against the Chargers. See what we got to do. They're one and two, and be competitive again. Here's my official Oops. prediction.
1: Here's my official prediction. Rosen gets sacked seventy million times because that's what happens in Miami. He does throw a touchdown pass, probably to Preston Williams or Mike Kosicki. We're losing twenty seven to ten late in the game. Uh the, the Chargers, you know, inexplicably fumble for some reason. We pick it up and we can't drive for another touchdown, but we do hit a, a field goal at the end of the fourth quarter to lose twenty seven to thirteen, but cover the spread and piss off everybody in Las Vegas and every bookie just goes that's out of business. Beautiful. That's what that's I beautiful. see happening. We're gonna win. We're gonna win by losing, in the appropriate manner, 27 to 13. Perfect. I love it. Well, uh, you said perfect, and you said you love it, which means there's not a whole lot else for you and I to talk about here today. Uh, Before we take off here, Chris, anything else would you like to talk about? That wasn't good English.
0: Uh, Fuck the Jets. That's about it.
1: Fuck the Jets. More on them next week as well, but that will be next week. This week is this week. Enjoy the game. I will be watching. Chris will be watching. We'll see you guys next time. On behalf of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network, DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network, goodbye from Perfectville. Later.